This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Tom Lee Hackey has become part of our morning prayers. I was a full-time nurse just lifting up a patient. A tractor trailer came up behind this, pushed us right through. Right off the bat, you just felt comfortable. I felt somebody had my back. He says, I'm going to do everything that I can do for you. You guys are amazing. I love you. Call Pond Lahaki Giordano, highly rated Philadelphia workers' compensation attorneys. Now on Talk Radio Saturday night, everyone, and welcome in to hour number two of the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause, the John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We'll jump right into our conversation, J. Doc, with John in just a moment. Uh, good stuff, good dialogue with uh, George Pegram uh, from Plumbers Local. Great one hour uh, leading into the John Doherty Hour tonight. Absolutely, George. Special guy, a powerful speaker. Uh, definitely uh, uh, shows why the Plumbers Local 690 is is at the forefront of our movement and um, just a great hour. Yeah, really good. And if you missed any of that or if you want to hear an encore from George, catch him tomorrow night uh, as he does a mic drop at the end of our labor and energy special. That'll be right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, 6 p.m. Uh, on a Sunday, the John Doherty Hour every Saturday night. 7 to 8 p.m. Johnny Doc, welcome in, my friend. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, but the Preakness just ended with a 248 trifecta uh, superfecta for anybody that's listening. It looks like uh, early voting won the, fi- early, the five horse. Pretty yep. slow time, though. Well, it was interesting yeah. because the, I think that the, the last ranked horse was winning for a while there. I, th- I, I thought yeah. that that would have been unbelievable because that's exactly what happened with the Kentucky Derby. But of course, one of did. the sim- one of the simple things that not simple things, but one of the things that I would love to be able to do in my life is do a run with the Triple Crown, go to the Derby, go to the Preakness, and then go to the Belmont. Yeah. I just think that would be a great. Would, I don't know if I'll ever get to do that. Yeah. Um, but it's so cool. Well, there it's are so, things. So cool there are it. things in our life, and John, I, I know you can relate to this. That you know the, that the, it, they're on your bucket list, and I and and and, and for sports. We've won a World Series. We've won a couple World Series in our lifetime. Thank God we won a Super Bowl. And then, uh, you know, of course, we saw the Sixers and Flyers. I don't know how many people alive right now actually saw the Flyers, but we were very fortunate. I have only one thing left on my bucket list, John. I want to see the Ironworkers win the Building Trade Softball Championship. (laughs) That's good, right? And I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but every year I'm hopeful, man. (laughs) So I'm just just a point. I know all you guys got your trophies, and we're doing these union hall tours and all that. We got a second place trophy. My dad used to 
to tell me, you know, at one point 30 years ago that we had put in $25,000 for that one second-place trophy. So I hope Kevin Boyle's listening. we got to get some guys that can throw from center field to the plate, brother. But that's my bucket list right there. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. I've, I've had the opportunity to be at the Preakness and the Belmont. Uh, you know, Preakness a while ago, and the Belmont, we went a few years in a row after, you know, after some elections where we – we worked around the clock, a few of us, you know, I kind of took a few people out to, to thank them, you know, and it was a nice little ride up to New York. It's a great atmosphere, you know, it's it's a real relaxing atmosphere, believe it or not. It's crazy because you're up there for the one race or, and, you, and you, you go through maybe about 13, 14 of them. So, you know, for me, you know, like I would hide in the corner with my Blackberry and my bag of seeds and my Coke and they used to look at me and say, like, you're at a big race here, you know? But everybody else, we, you know, running around with 10 beers trying to get down by the, you know, the finish line. But, uh, yeah, great atmosphere. I've never been to the Kentucky Derby, but it's always entertaining. You get these three races. This horse the one that I sat out, you know, the Derby to run for this race. And he said he was going to run the last two, and he ran a real good race. And, you know, it's, like I said, it's entertaining. You know, I, everybody I bumped in today, I had a good friend of ours, Chrissy Owens, who's a long, uh, Big family and local 98. We always joke around. He called tonight just to see. And uh, one of the guys who texted me from uh, 98, Stewart, sent me, he told me this was his horse, the number five. I didn't, I didn't, I put the, uh, you know, I like the two, four, five, but the eight was in there. So, but that's, that's horse racing talk. Let's talk up softball. Okay. Local 98. I, my favorite jacket is, uh, I think the year that you guys finished second, I think we finished first. I think I saw one of them jackets. You know, this is 98 softball champs. And uh, and I always tell J-Doc that uh, probably the most embarrassing moment I had, and I knew it was time to just stay to doing my job over at the hall, was I was playing, and it was against the Iron Workers, and it was a late night, Thursday night game, and you hit a, hit a I tell the story, you hit a you know, pop-up that probably went a couple hundred feet, Huh. And I'm at second. I'm at second base, and I tried to, you know, be a little hot dog, and you know, you know, give you the old Willie Mays, and I dropped it, and you never let me live it down. You know, you were screaming at me the whole game. And it's a highlight of me. my and, highlight of my career. And, I was the coach, and, and everybody was up there too. It was loaded. That coach, <laughs> you know, they, they they made me eat that for about two years. I, you know, it, it moved my retirement from. Uh, you know, from second base to the stands. And by the way, when they put you at second base, that means you can't play anymore anyway. Well, you, you know, it's you funny. Know that, you know? And the tradition we have there, and it's and, and, and I, I guess it, I guess we're going on, i got to be 30, 40 years, and it, it, it's such a, a, a – I remember when I was coaching the Ironworkers, you know, I, I, I wouldn't sleep at night. We'd be playing the steam fitters the next day, and, um, you know, we were in the playoffs, and I'd be – you know, I'd have a lineup, and, and I'd have it – you know, ready to go. I'd be working, obviously, you know, on the job and couldn't wait to get there. It's just a great tradition. One of the really cool things about the building trades, uh, but we are still, and this is unbelievable, still waiting for our first championship. Uh, but you know what? Um, we'll get there, God willing. And, and John, uh, you, you know, you were a good player in the electric. I remember um, some battles between the electricians and, and the iron workers and all of us, man. It's just a, a, a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's you don't see that too often where you work all day and then, you know, you, you probably have four trades playing on two fields, you know, usually in far northeast Philly, and yep. the games are hardcore competitive, but it's good softball too. 
I mean, the guys oh, know yeah. how to play ball, and you know, and they're good competitive teams, and you know, and it's something that the Philly building trades, you know, have had for years, and they still have. And again, like and you know, and, and guys like that kept it that that going for years. And again, we talk about the All Star Labor Classics and things we do for charity, but we kind of do the softball for ourselves, but it, it works, and it really Absolutely. does work. John Dockery, Crowley. here. Yeah, go ahead, Johnny. Yeah, I just want to let you know uh, a lot of little little things today. Uh, looks like the prep crew team's back at it again. I hear they're posting really good numbers, and uh, I know you're the voice of the prep. And uh, you know, I said that they just they do wonderful things with that crew program up there. And again, it's a, you know it's a great school. We have got a lot of great schools, and lately I uh, we have you know three or four significant uh, daughters of. You know, building trades and local 98 members, kids play in dynamic softball, you know, in, in the Interact and a few other places. But, uh, you know, uh, and that's been a lot of what I've been talking about. But, again, you, every year you look around and, you know, the prep crew is just amazing. And, yeah, they get – uh, and also, John, the prep the prep uh, rugby team going up against LaSalle for the state championship. So great to uh, great to see. My son Joseph played on uh, the rugby team for two seasons when he was there. They played, Both boys played all four, all four uh, years of hockey, but two on the rugby team from, for Joseph, um, and uh, it was great to see. So they'll compete against LaSalle for the state championship, and when I get a chance, and we get a chance to at least mention prep uh, during the show. I turn my mic off. <laughs> <laughs> I killed I killed J Dog's mic, but it's all good. <laughs> hey, by the way, you know, we, we can joke about the prep and you mentioned LaSalle and you know, I was talking about girls softball, Marion Mercy and things like that. Roman Catholic, by the way, Roman Catholic has become a tremendous school. Not that they were in a tremendous but I mean it's a school that people want to go to. I mean and, and I, I hear people all the time saying, hey, I hope I get into Roman, you know. So it's, I'm just glad to see that the Catholic schools are still doing well. You know, I, they, did, they did well for myself. They did well for Joe. They, they're just, you know, I mean, I still live in a world where, you know, people let you know either the corner bar that they, they played for hung around the union they're in or most definitely their parish in high school. Yeah, definitely. And I could say this. Uh, Speedy Morris was honored at the Roman Hall of Fame dinner not long ago, and, and he talked about, and I'll tell you, um, he talked about prep and Roman, and he talked about both schools uh, for f- a, a solid 15 minutes about and, – and listen, it, it, the one thing we know, John and, and Joe as, as well, the tradition in the Catholic League, you talk to Jimmy Snell, Bonner, uh, you, know, you, you know, obviously uh, John Kane, uh, a former business manager of Local 690, O'Hara guy. It is so much fun kind of having that, that tradition um, – and 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 in the building trades, it, it it still stands strong, man. I mean, you know, I I used to love it when the Catholic League was was when it was the South against the North, right? And now it's red and blue because of the the the, the uh, how many schools have the, more more students, but definitely a lot of fun, man. No question. We've got a great guest lined up tonight too, who's going to join us. We're going to do uh, two segments 
uh, of our uh, show here tonight on the John Doherty Hour, and we're going to learn a little bit tonight, uh, J. Doc, for sure. I didn't. I was not aware. Uh, uh, you know, this, of it's the an incredible it's, charity. Yeah, it's a really good charity. Yeah. We're going to learn a lot about it tonight. Oh yeah, I mean, this is special charity. I, uh, you know, a lot of the um, actors and in, in the Hollywood. Uh, individuals they, they support a charity I think it's h2o.org where they go build wells um, overseas and in Africa and all this charity we're going to talk about tonight that IBEW uh, is supports is uh, about providing electrical resources to, to to not only third world country Haiti but uh, poor areas in America uh, where where people just don't have it and and I'll tell you what incredibly incredibly impressive um, and we're gonna we're gonna uh, talk to a guy by the name of Jim O'Leary, who's a part of it. This is a real special. Yeah, it sounds good. We'll do that uh, here tonight on the John Doherty Hour. John, two minutes before we uh, go to the break, and I did want to get you to. Um, I did want to. Uh, maybe we don't even have time to get into a deep conversation, but I saw a story earlier uh, in the week about another um, uh, at an Apple store, an organizing uh, effort, and another organizing effort where the employees are coming together to organize um, or to unionize at the Apple store. And it kind of stopped me in my tracks for just a moment because I said, hey, wait a minute. You know, a lot of the workers at um, Apple stores are, 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 are younger. They're tech savvy. Uh, so I thought it was a really interesting dynamic. Not quite sure I'm, 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 I'm processing it correctly, but it did yeah. stop me. And I wanted to ask you, I wanted to get your quick thought on it. Well, if you're tech savvy, you know how to get online and you know how to look at reports and you realize that if you're in a union and if you're in a union like Local 98, you have personal choice five health care. That means that you have a five dollar copay for your whole family. OK, and then you look and you see how much people make in the stores associated, you know, the manufacturing and, and companies that do business with the IBW. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. And you start to realize that, you know, you make a lot more money with better benefits and more security when you're in a union. And I'll tell you, you know, everybody has dropped an iPhone once. Okay? And the people that work on Walnut Street, every time I've been there, and I was there most recently, have been unbelievably talented and good people and deserve to get paid. Because when you walk in there, you know, them folks cost over $1,000 today. You know, and all the programs and things that happen through Apple, they don't cost money. So they make a ton of money, and I hope them kids make as much money as humanly possible and get the best benefits you could ever see. Absolutely. The John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98 North, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC 21. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here live on the John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Just getting started, J. Doc, here uh, live on a Saturday night. We're always live with the John Doherty Hour. 
great guests lined up for us. Today. Yeah, we really do, Joe. And it's uh, I'm ecstatic to bring into the program uh, Jim O'Leary of Electrical Workers Without Borders North America, uh, EWWBNA uh, is the acronym, and um, the president of of uh, this program is Don Siegel, IBEW, retired IBEW VP, Don Siegel, who we, by the way, had on the program recently. Um, Jim, how are you, sir? Welcome to the broadcast. Uh, Joe, it's great to be on the show. It's, it's, it's great to have you, you know, and obviously uh, introduce you to John Doherty. And, 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 and here's the thing. Uh, Tell everybody, you know, give, give everybody, you know, kind of an overview of what this program is because it's incredible, really. I mean, again, like you and I talked when we were on the phone, remind me a, a lot in a different way, but very much so like H2O.org for individuals that don't have the basic resources. You guys do an incredible job. Talk about it, if you would, Jim. Uh, yes, uh, and I hope I'm not too long, and if I, if I do get too long, please please uh, stop me and ask questions. Uh, but uh, uh, EWWBNA is a nonprofit. It's supported by the IBW, uh, as well as uh, we get, uh, you know, uh, donations from other organizations associated, you know, with the IBW. We're a 501c3, so donations to us are tax deductible. Uh, we were founded in 2016 uh, by Ed Hill, you know, former president of the IBW, uh, who was from Pittsburgh. Uh, Ed, unfortunately, he passed away uh, in 2018, and uh, we miss him dearly. But fortunately, uh, his good friend Don Siegel has uh, come in as the president. And, uh, and Don, by the way, is from Reading, Pennsylvania. Uh, what do we do? Uh, EWW BNA works in developing countries assisting disadvantaged communities, really the poorest of the poor, and believe me, there are many. Worldwide, 1.3 billion people have no access to electricity. That's roughly one out of every five human beings on our planet. Wow. These communities, uh, yeah, these communities, because they have no electricity, go without clean running water, refrigeration, proper health care, and education no street lighting for security, and so many other basic needs we take for granted here at home. Uh, so our mission, uh, Joe, is to help make the benefits of electricity available to everyone. We field volunteers, power professionals on social impact projects. Uh, they provide a multitude of electrical needs, typically for healthcare facilities, schools, orphanages, and most of these projects are off-grid. So most of our work involves solar and more recently installing solar well systems. Also, training is very important to us and essential for sustainability. We focus on training the trainers as well as safety and health. Uh, With the IBW, we have quite the network to help recruit volunteers. IBW has a membership of over 750,000 active and retired members throughout the United States and Canada. And along with NECA, uh, the IBW has over 300 training centers throughout the United States in Canada and an ongoing enrollment of 25,000 apprentices. Also, EWWBNA is part of the Electricians Without Borders International Network, which includes sister nonprofits from France, Germany, Italy, Spain, and Switzerland. Uh, so far, 
hundreds of power professionals have reached out to us uh, and we've sent volunteers to Africa, the Caribbean, Latin America, Haiti, and we've been identifying several projects with our international partners and raising funds to support the efforts. All right, Jim. Joe, uh, unfortunately, uh, oh, uh, yeah, Jim, let me stop you there just so I, because there's a lot there, and I want to now kind of connect the dots even a little bit more, bring John Doherty into uh, the conversation. You referenced uh, Don Siegel. Uh, John, you've got a rela- uh, an incredible relationship uh, with Don. Um, let me bring you into the conversation and get some perspective from you on that side. Uh, joining us here with uh, Jim O'Leary. Well, first of all, you know what I think of Don. I would not have been anywhere as successful, or Local 98 would not have been as successful without Don Siegel in our world. He was a great partner when he was a business manager in Reading. He was a great vice president. Uh, he was always way ahead of the curve. You know, he was, and of course, we were gigantic fans, both of us of Ed Hill and loyal soldiers for Ed Hill. He was just a dynamic leader. Uh, Ed had a great relationship in Philadelphia, spent a lot of time in Philadelphia, presented one of the IBW's best conventions ever in Philadelphia. Ed Hill and Don Siegel had significant roles. We also had a uh, worker stand for America with Rest His Soul, another good friend of this radio show, Rich Trumpka, uh, and uh, his crew along Ed Hill and Don, and, and they brought it to Philadelphia early. This was during the early Obama years. Um, so Philadelphia's always had a relationship with Don and Ed. And I watched this closely, you know, the, the, the program that Jim's talking about and, you know, and Don speaks the world of Jim, you know, Don is just a dynamic guy. Okay. If he, he wasn't helping, you know, people in the IBW he was helping people in the labor movement around the horn. He's a loyal advocate and he works basically full time to save, you know, animals and dogs. And, and this, you know, electricians without borders is just his love. When he retired, he had the ability to take all the funds like many people do. Okay. To help, you know, proceed into retirement. Don took the money and dedicated it all to electricians without borders. So that's the type of person he is. And that's what he thinks about this. So he took all the, 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 uh, gifts and, and things from his retirement and presented it to the electricians without borders. I know he is a gigantic uh, fan inside the international speaking to our good international president, Mommy Stevenson and all the international officers about this, which I know they support. Uh, we at local 98 was, you know, it was right before the pandemic. We're actually working closely with Don because we were trying to figure out how we could send, you know, some retirees and some actually people who want it, to, you know, do this and go to some areas. And I know Jim can tell us tons of stories, but I do remember Don, you know, mentioning that there were a few things that were, you know, unbelievably, okay, uh, moving in, uh, forward with. And uh, Don had two or three locations he was getting ready to load up, not only people, but product to, you know, supply electricity. Now, I have to let you know, this sounds crazy, and this is so different than what we're actually talking about. But I live in an apartment. It's across the street from a gate. Okay? It's, I live there because it was convenient and accessible to Celie's care. The building and the apartment is not, doesn't have any gas. It's all electric. So when one night 
within the last two months, at 2.30 in the morning, the power went out. Now, you understand, I'm a spoiled brat. Okay, I live in Philadelphia. We have access to everything. The power went out one night. I scampered for two hours, ran extension cords hundreds and hundreds of feet in and outside the building because I needed to supply electricity to Sealy's medical bed, okay, to the breathing machines, to the machines that keep toll of her numbers throughout the evening, as well as it was a cold day, okay, a cold night, the heat, okay, and everything else. I would not have any idea how you could live anywhere without electricity. Something as simple. And Don and Ed Hill understood that. And they wanted to bring it to not just places that lost it because of storms, but places that never had it. And I know, you know, there's a couple things that Jim has been working on. Jim, if you could, I know there's a million things you could be talking about, but if you could just touch base a little bit on, you know, Peru, and then maybe even talk about uh, the Power Tunisia initiative. And just touch base on things like that so people understand the magnitude and the success, you know, and the commitment of not only yourself and Don, but the IBW and a ton of other people that want to, I know Sean McGarvey most recently at a meeting, you know, you know, had this on the agenda. And he's the head of the North American Building Trades and a Philadelphian and someone who we've had on the show you know, one or two times also. So, you know, I don't want to tie up too much time. I want people to hear you. And I have to let you know, you'd be shocked at how many people listen to this show. Okay. It's, it's based on the ratings, the Nielsen ratings, which are legitimate ratings. This show has as big a following as any, okay, during the weekend in this time slot anywhere. So tell us about it. Let, you know, let keep, let us know what's going on and how we can actually really help you. Well, John, uh, thank you very much. Uh, you know, we're doing work in Peru. Uh, we've got a project that we're uh, involved with with the Italian uh, counterpart, the Electricians Without Borders Italy, uh, Tunisia. That would be funded by the U.S. government. Uh, <clears throat> but I, I would like to mention that, you know, Local 98 <clears throat> you know, had, been, had planned to send volunteers to Zambia, you know, to assist in a hospital that we're involved with there. But unfortunately, the, you know, the uh, COVID-19 pandemic has had a real big impact on what we can do. Uh, so a lot of our work has been on hold, but, uh, uh, you know, we, we are gearing up, you know, to, uh, to get back and focused and get volunteers out there uh, when the pandemic comes to an end. <laughs> uh, but uh, a big, an area where we've done a lot of work uh, is in Haiti. <clears throat> And, and Haiti is a real special focus to us. And, and, and Haiti, in a, in a, in a sense, uh, is, was the, is what got Ed Hill interested in reaching out internationally. Uh, you know, the, uh, the Catholic Church uh, was supporting a program, a training program uh, in uh, Port-au-Prince. Turns out they have several training programs in, uh, uh, in Haiti. One of them was completely destroyed by the earthquake. And this goes back to, uh, you know, 2010. Uh, and uh, the IBW got involved in rebuilding the training center and training trainees and, uh, in Haiti. And that's what got us involved with Haiti. And so we've been doing work in Port-au-Prince and also in uh, Cap Haitian. 
Uh, but uh, it, you know, the, the work is on on hold, not just because of the pandemic, but because of the security situation in Haiti. Haiti has had all kinds of, uh, it's, it's become a pretty dangerous place. The president of Haiti was assassinated last year. But uh, uh, we, we do plan to go back when the security situation Im- improves. Uh, but, you know, we, we've done work in Angola. You know, we're focused on Zambia, Kenya, North Africa. You know, there's a project that we're assisting with in, in Egypt. You know, I mentioned Tunisia, Peru. Uh, you know, there's even interest in us doing work in uh, Colombia. And there's a, another program called Green Cities. Um, you know, we're a resource partner of the largest USAID contractor, uh, uh, Chemonix. Uh, USAID is the U.S. Agency for International Development. And uh, we hope to be able to send volunteers all over the world through that project. Uh, John Doherty. <clears throat> Jimmy, hold there for one second. This is the John Doherty Hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We're in the middle of a good conversation with Jim O'Leary, Electrical Workers Without Borders. We're going to take a commercial break. We'll pick it up on the other side and continue. Jim O'Leary, our special guest tonight on the John Doherty Hour, back in a moment. This edition of the Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. Flying by on a Saturday night to John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Jay Doc visiting uh, with Jim O'Leary. Let me set the table just so um, uh, just so I can position it for our listening audience. We got about eight minutes left with Jim O'Leary, who's with the Electrical Workers Without Borders. Really fascinating to hear Jim explain some of the work that they're doing. Then we'll take a short break, and then we'll finish up with John on the other side. So, Jim, you know, this is fascinating, and I'm listening to all the projects you have uh, across the planet, okay? A couple things. Number one, what is your role in the the program, in the organization? Uh, Number two, uh, am I right in understanding this this was launched in 2006, 2016? Uh, and, and by the way, who's doing all the work? This is just incredible. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, it's uh, it's amazing. It's, it's it's mainly a volunteer effort. Uh, you know, my, my role uh, is project development. I guess I'm the director of uh, project development and uh, you know, uh, working with our international partners to uh, identify and implement the projects internationally. Yeah, Don, you know, is, you know, John mentioned is just amazing, amazing president. He's got this great network uh, throughout the United States and Canada and knows how to recruit people and reach out and get support. And, uh, and so it's basically Don and myself, uh, you know, we're doing most of the heavy lifting and uh, we get, uh, you know, support here and there, you know, but, uh, you know, for the different projects, uh, local, local three in New York, you know, they, they did a great effort in Angola for us in 2019. And, uh, and of course, we were going to have this effort in Zambia and other places in Africa with Local 98, but it got postponed due to the pandemic. And so it's, it's basically us working with the 
IDW locals, the volunteers, you know, uh, putting this together. And also the local partners in the countries where we work. I mean, it's incredible to, to, to have an organization who does so much for so many people and across the globe that just was launched in 2016. I mean, it's actually incredible. And to have volunteers from the different locals and, of course, Local 98. I can only imagine what it's like being on the work, being at the hall on the bench. We need a couple of guys down at, at uh, 20th and, uh, and Market and, 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 uh, and a couple more in Zambia. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's just an in- incredible, incredible situation. Um, yeah, continue uh, talking. Jim, by the way, are you an electrician by trade? Are you a member of the local? I, no, no, I'm not. I, no, I, I I worked with the building trades, you know, for many years running their international uh, affairs program and uh, and uh, in with AFL-CIO. But my focus is mainly international development. Right, good stuff, man. Yeah, and and and, and continue talking about some of your projects and 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 how the the, the you know the 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 pandemic impacted you because you you know oh. you you guys are in the middle of a lot of things, but the pandemic uh, stopped using your tracks. Oh, it, it just uh, it was a huge blow. I mean, we had all these projects lined up, and we were mainly working with our Italian partners. And uh, and we have partners in France and in Germany who want to work with us in Haiti. And and uh, and we were just excited, you know, ready to go. And uh, you know, we even had Hatzel and Bueller uh, just going to send an engineer to Peru. Hatzel and, Hatzel and Bueller, I, I, I believe they're. Uh, it's an IBW contractor, one of the oldest. I think they're out of Wilmington, uh, and uh, they were going to send a volunteer. Uh, and we, we just had a lot of activity online, and then we're just stopped. You know, like like many many others, uh, and because it involves international travel. Uh, John, so, you know, Hassel and Bueller is one of the biggest contractors in the Philadelphia region, if not the biggest, and the owner. Bill Goler is a dynamic individual and was really, really supportive. And he's a real close friend of Don Siggles. And, uh, when, you know, I, I meet with him and eat with him, you know, pretty much on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, he was, whatever Don needed, he, I was actually at the table when Don was talking to him and he basically told Don whatever you need. And the pandemic slowed everything up, but the, and people in Philadelphia, you know, now really, really appreciate what we did during the pandemic, not missing a beat, you know, working here. And, Jim, it's funny, in Philadelphia, what we did, it became the template for OSHA inside America. And uh, we really didn't miss any time at all during the pandemic. But I, I want to jump in with, you mentioned, you know, that, that the 98 member working down 20th Street, then working someplace else. When I spoke about this at a local 98 union meeting, now, Knockwood, most of the young men and women, you know, have been working around the clock for years around here. We've had full employment, you know, and almost, you know, anybody who really wanted to work over the last 20 years, you know, could work. If not immediately in Philadelphia, you know, someplace right around here. But we, we, we kept our membership working. And uh, we were pretty lucky. And a lot of them worked, you know, some overtime over their lifetime, too. When I mentioned that we were looking to put you know, a few people to work in a volunteer and maybe we, we would pick up their expenses and, and whatever they needed to, to get the job done. And we said, Hey, we, we had no idea how long it was going to be. I said, probably no less than four weeks. 
because it takes a little bit of time to get you, you know, all set up over there. I had about 16, I think the count, Jim, was like 16 people came to me with serious wow. interest at the end of that union meeting. We're willing to take a little leave of absence. We're willing to, you know, you know, say, hey, look, it was it, the way it was presented, the fact that Don Siegel carries so much weight inside the union, the fact that, you know, Bill Goldwater had been talking about it inside his environment. Our guys were ready to go. Now, I have to tell you, they didn't give us options like Italy and Paris because I think my guys would have jumped at them. Too. <laughs> you said, hey, we, we got projects over here in Paris and Italy. We would go there first, you know. You know, But uh, the guys were looking for it. And, and we've worked abroad before, obviously for paying. You know, there's been, there's been multiple times. I remember, you know, one of the better uh, things I did was I put together a uh, – there was a powerhouse in Costa Rica. And one of our contractors got it, and we wound up sending, you know, a truckload of people there. And then we also sent a lot of people on volunteer efforts, too. And, you know, we just don't travel abroad to do this. You know, when, when, mm-hmm. when we had the flooding down in New Orleans, you know, we sent people down with generators. And when we had the tragedy 9-11 in New York, our guys were living there. Yeah, basically, it was our guys that helped get them up, you know, so that because the whole power grid was knocked down up there. We sent like 60, 70 guys, over three or four contractors with every op, every tool we had. And we were intending to do that with you, too. And we still will. You know, I'm no longer there. You know, Mark Lynch is not a business manager. He's a young, aggressive kid. You know, I, I'm telling you, he'll, 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 he's a, him and Don have a nice relationship. I know they just spent time together. You know, I imagine they're going to jump in head over heels again when Don gets back in touch, you know, and you guys start to come up with a project that you need help on. And I wouldn't even be surprised if, you know, Mark sent a couple of his key people over, you know, to, to actually digest it, you know. And, and, and Jim, let me just say this because we're, 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 we're running out of time here. Um, we really appreciate you coming on the program. Really, uh, this is what the program is about, talking about the great things our labor community does. This is an unbelievable program, and we can't wait to have you back on, my friend. Uh, keep up the good work, and, and just goes to show you IBW and, of course, the labor community doing a phenomenal job making a difference across the planet. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, John. Uh, thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, good stuff Still from not, Jim O'Leary. Yeah, good stuff from Jim O'Leary joining yep. us here on the John Doherty Hour. We'll take a short break. It's a two-minute uh, commercial break, and then we'll finish up with our gracious host, John Doherty, back on the other side. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Ironworkers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roofers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor. Wrapping it up on a Saturday night, the John Doherty Hour. Again, J-Doc, special thanks to uh, Jim O'Leary, Electrical Workers Without Borders. Really good stuff, good conversation. And as you said, it's what some of this platform and this big network that we have is supposed to do. Yeah, Put I'm, a real spotlight on some incredible it, it, work. Right. Uh, great job by the IBEW. Great job by John Doherty. And uh, great job by that entire conglomerate. Don putting Siegel, it all together. Don Siegel I mean, as well. Absolutely. It, it, listen, it's about making a difference. I'm so happy we have the platform to be able to, to you know expose programs like this um, and and where labor makes a difference John um, 
That was incredible. One of the things that labor makes a difference uh, also at is elections and in politics, my friend. We got about four minutes left. Uh, we, we, we'd like to kind of finish up in that direction. Uh, impressions of, of, of our, uh, our primary last week and what do we got to do in the fall? We got about three minutes, uh, but what do we got to do to, to, to um, you know, make this thing work? Well, I'll give you some quick rapid fire. Somebody asked me right before we got on the show, they said to me, uh, well, what do you think about Dr. Oz winning, right? Or do you think he's going to win? And I said, I really don't care about Dr. Oz. I said, because I'm getting ready to get on the radio with the Wizard of Oz. I said, Joe Kraft, the man behind the mic. <laughs> right? I grew, so, well so we put. Were laughing. So we were laughing. Uh, but uh, I'll give you some observations. Right about now, Josh Shapiro is one of the happiest guys on earth. Uh, he's probably has a room in his campaign office, even though they hate to talk like this, where he's already looking at the next move. Okay. Because if he, this is going to be a Republican cycle. Everybody knows it. It depends how much, you know, when the, when the Roe versus Wade document comes out of the Supreme court. Okay. Other than that, the conversation's all going to be about $5 gas and inflation and things like that. And it would have a tendency to trend Republican. Okay, so if Josh wins in that cycle, okay, that little room that he has right in his campaign right now, which is already figuring out how if he wins, he can put people that can raise money so he can actually take a shot at becoming a president someday. And that's he sounds crazy and insane. I guarantee that's going on right now. Okay, because, again, it looks like he'll be a, you know, a favorite. I don't think it's going to be, you know, a cakewalk by any means, but he he's a. Uh, uh, a well, uh, uh, he's, 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 he's made to be, he's, his whole life, he's been an executive, he's a great politician, he's a smart guy, and, and he just positioned well, and again, the Republican candidate, you know, will be so far to the right, it's going to be crazy, it's going to be interesting to see how many Republicans actually endorse Josh. That's my observation there. Uh, I think that, uh, Again, there's been a lot of conversation about, you know, the party structure in Philly and, you know, my opinion on that. I think that we need a change. We need, uh, we had, a, you know, an organizer at the Building Trades, Brian Edis, you know, put a letter out years ago about trying to get more young guys involved. And uh, not, it's just not the Democratic city community. It's just politics in general, you know. It's, it's definitely a populist world right now. And, and, uh, and building trade unions, if, if there was ever a time we're for a labor party, it's right now. And just right. not the building trades, everybody. It's, I mean, if you take a look at what's out there, I mean, you take a look at energy, Jimmy Snell. How can Jimmy Snell be for anybody but for people who are for him with energy? And you look at it now, when you look at the price of gas and you look at, you know, the catastrophe and tragedy that's going on in Ukraine over energy. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. So it's a conversation for another day. But it, it is a good conversation. It's what we need to have because the people in the building trade unions and the union movement in general will make a big difference. And and and, and, and I'm sorry, John, but we're talking about getting the vote out, like, and that's what you're alluding to. Um, you know, that's what we do here and in the city of Philadelphia. A lot of what happens, obviously, in Harrisburg uh, in the fall is going to depend on us getting the vote out, and of course, and in Philadelphia as well. Sixty correct? seconds, guys. Yeah, listen, we're 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 we have to make changes because we're not as effective as we should be. Okay. We don't spend our money well enough. 
And again, you know, I mean, when we started to make some inroads, we get people, you know, stepping our way. But again, I'd like to plug this too. It's time to start talking a little food. Okay. Diners, drive-ins, and dives. I just had standard tap one talking about Philadelphia food. Joe, I got to let you know, in this house, I got the first summer lemon cake from Termini's. We got to get together. You know, we got to get some of that buffalo chicken pizzas back in front of you guys and get some of that lemon cake before the summer and, and start getting the plug. We got great food in Philly. We got great John, I want to do John, I want to do the John Darkity Hour live soon. Let's, and we got to do the food show again. We got to do the food show, but we got to do it live. I don't want to do I don't I don't want to do it from a distance that is logistically not possible. So let's try and work through that uh, if we can. By the way, John uh, uh, Doc mentioning Jimmy Snell uh, listening tomorrow night, right? Right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT at 6 p.m. Labor and Energy and Labor and Energy Show. Uh, Jim Snell and, uh, and at George the forefront, Pegram. and George Pegram finishes it up. Jim Snell with, a good with Dave Callahan of Marcellus Show. Impressive show. Yeah, impressive show. That's tomorrow night. John Doherty, great stuff here again tonight on a uh, on a Saturday night. I'll leave you with this, boy. I'd love you to get Josh Shapiro uh, on the show one on one with John Doherty for a full hour. Um, maybe that's something we can put on the agenda uh, as we get into the summer months before we get into that election cycle would love to have that uh right here on the john doherty hour uh 15 seconds john to say goodbye before i wrap it up it's it's getting ready for the summer just be safe out there uh we're coming out of the pandemic uh where where there's a a little bit of a uh, setback here i'm hoping it's only a little blip and let's get back to live our lives and working around the clock and making good money and taking care of the boys and girls clubs and you know just being the Philadelphia building trades that we know. Yep. Well done, well stated. That's our gracious host, John Doherty. That's going to do it uh, for this edition of the John Doherty Hour. On behalf of J. Doc, on behalf of John, this is the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> See you next time, everybody. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey.